What's up and welcome back. It is episode number 45 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And we are back, back again. Yeah. Guess who's back? We are. The Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is back. It is, I guess it's semester number four that we've been doing this show. Uh, and, and Matt, we could get into a bunch of the sappy stuff about how it's our last semester as undergrads doing this, but we'll have plenty of time to yeah, complain we'll to people about episodes. that. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, uh, we're excited to be back. We're right in the thick of things uh, as things continue for the winter sports here on campus we're starting to get rumblings of the spring sports as well as uh, we get from January into February and those teams get started but a lot of interesting things going on over break and, and right now we're really starting to hit a peak with these winter teams they're really doing well yeah because everyone who's a student goes home for break you know sees their family enjoys their holidays but our athletes man they're grinding and they keep working so so hard and our winter sports have done a phenomenal job of collecting conference wins and it's going to be a really really exciting playoff season conference season so i'm looking forward to all it will contain and of course as always we'll be bringing you all of the up-to-date news and notes we'll be bringing you interviews with some of the the players that are really doing the best you know we're, we're kicking up our content game just as much as ever uh to try to make sure that this season is a memorable one but today on the show it's a men's basketball episode they are tied for first right now in the mac at four and two we got a chance to sit down with redshirt junior forward on the men's basketball team kevin marfo and you heard it here first? Yeah. It's the best interview we've done. It We've had a lot of good ones. He is definitely up there. I walked out of there and said, I am ready to name Kevin Marfo our official third, third co-host host of yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, but we talked to Kevin. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But a lot going on in the athletic department. And we're giving it all to you in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Baseball team, they released their 2020 schedule. They are the defending MAC champs, and they begin their season February 14th with a three-game series at UTSA. For those of you who don't know what UTSA is, University of Texas at San Antonio. The MAC schedule begins March 21st against Siena. From the field to the course we go, first-year golfers Kaylee Sakota and Leanne Peralta competed in a Cactus Tour event at Sun City Country Club in Sun City, Arizona last week. Peralta earned a fifth-place finish overall and finished as the second-highest amateur in the field. Sakota placed 11th in the event and was the fourth-highest amateur to compete, so congratulations to both of those golfers, and I'm excited to see what they can do as a member of the Bobcats. Former Quinnipiac men's soccer student-athlete and coach Brett Utley he was named the assistant coach and video analyst for Major League Soccer's Inter-Miami Football Club. So congratulations to him. Sounds like a really good opportunity. To the teams competing right now, the women's indoor track and field team ran at the University of Rhode Island's Sorlian Invitational on Saturday, January 18th. The Bobcats recorded 14 top 10 finishes in the indoor meet, including two from senior Megan Scullin and sophomore Kailana Botello. The Bobcats returned to the track at Boston University this Friday, January 24th. Women's tennis, they had a 6-1 loss at Harvard Monday. Despite the loss, Camilla Nella earned a two-set victory in the number one singles match. This team is at Yale Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN3, and this tennis team is picked 
to finish second in the MAC preseason coaches poll. So from the women's to the men's team, the men's team dropped a 5-2 match at Brown on Sunday the 19th. Seniors Axel Stern and Austin Yanone each earned single wins, while Stern and Alexa Martinovic earned a doubles win. So congratulations to all of those guys. They followed that up with a tough 5-2 loss against Binghamton on Monday the 20th. Stern and Martinovic won a doubles match for the second straight day, while Patrick Cacapero and Alastair Magalit each earned singles wins. The men's team was picked to finish third in the max preseason poll, so good luck to Chris Pappas and that entire squad this year. The women's ice hockey team, they were named the number 10 team in the country according to the USA Today poll. The Bobcats are 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10 games. Dan, is that good? That is pretty darn good. That included a weekend sweep of Harvard and Dartmouth two weeks ago. This team is at Ohio State, a really big opponent, so collecting wins against this opponent would be huge. They're at Ohio State Friday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. Then they come back home versus Princeton on Tuesday at 6 p.m. From the women's to the men's side, the men's team picked up a 4-3 win at Holy Cross Friday the 17th. Alex Whalen recorded his second career hat-trick, while Logan Britt also scored his first career goal. Keith Petrozelli made 17 saves in net to pick up win number 13 on the year. The men's team is ranked number 17 in this week's USCHO poll, moving up from number 20 the week before. The Bobcats are also ranked number 15 in the most recent pairwise rankings, which has a lot of an effect, uh, which has a big effect towards who makes the NCAA tournament. So the higher you are in the pairwise, the better off you are. Quinnipiac men's ice hockey junior Odin Tufto and sophomore Wyatt Bongiovanni have been named as nominees for the 2020 Hobie Baker Memorial Award. Tufto leads the ECAC in assists with 20 and is tied for second in points with 23. Matt, is that good? That's pretty good. Bongiovanni is first in the ECAC in goals this year with 11. Matt, is that also good? It's also good. Well, folks, make sure you go to hobiebaker.com slash vote. We had the Chase the Hobie last year, but this year we need you to get Odin and Wyatt into the race for the Hobie Baker. Incoming Quinnipiac men's ice hockey forward Ty Smolonic has been named the number 18 skater in North America in the NHL Central Scouting's midterm rankings Dad, as the number 18. Is that good? Is that good? Yeah, it's yeah, also that's, good. that's pretty darn good. As the number 18 ranked player among North American skaters, Smolonic is the highest ranked skater to commit to Quinnipiac in program history. That's very good. Yes. That's possibly the best. Yes, oh yes. Uh, he projects to be a first or second round pick in the 2020 draft, so very exciting for him. This team, after all is said and done, is playing in the first inaugural Connecticut Ice Tournament this weekend. They play against UConn on Saturday on SNY. Depending on the result, they will either play Sacred Heart or Yale at either 3 or 7 p.m. on Sunday, so good luck. And if you're in the Connecticut area in southern Connecticut, make sure you get tickets down at Webster Bank Arena and go see the first Connecticut Ice Tournament. From the ice to the basketball court now, the women's basketball team, they won 60-53 to versus Monmouth on Thursday, January 16th. The trio of Shaq Edwards and Kurtira Haywood and Mackenzie Deweese combined for 47 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists for the Bobcats. They also won 74-71 to versus Canisius Saturday, January 18th. Haywood picked up a career-high 19 points. Dan, is that good? That is very good. While Deweese and first-year Michaela Morris were also in double digits, the Bobcats outscored the Golden Griffins 35-23 to in the second half for the comeback win. And for her efforts last week, first-year forward Kurtira Haywood was named the MAC Rookie of the Week for the first time in her career. She scored 36 over the team's two weekend games. And senior guard Taylor Hurd was named a candidate for the Senior Class Award. That's an acronym for Celebrating Loyalty and Achievement for Staying in School. 
The Senior Class Award focuses on the total student-athlete and encourages students to use their platform in athletics to make a positive impact as leaders in their communities. After all is said and done with this team, they're at Marist on the day we're recording this. Actually, probably right around this time, Dan. About maybe seven minutes from now or so. Right, of course. And then our home versus Fairfield Saturday at 4 p.m., so make sure to come out and support them. And, Matt, we, we've had Taylor Hurd on the show. We've been in classes with her. Uh, nobody embodies this award, this award more than she does. Nobody better. Yeah. No one better than T. Hurd. From the women's to the men's team and the team that we're focusing on for today's episode, it is the men's basketball program. They had a tough 69-57 to loss at Manhattan Thursday the 16th. Aaron Falzone put up 15 points while Matt Belonk had 13, and Kevin Marfo added 14 rebounds. We'll talk about that number in a moment. Uh, they followed that up with a 71-51 to loss against St. Peter's on Saturday the 18th. Marfo recorded his 8th double-double of the season, scoring a team-high 14 points along with 13 rebounds. He also added two blocks. This men's team is home on Friday at 7 p.m. when they battle Fairfield, and then they are headed to Siena on Sunday at 2 p.m. You can catch that game on ESPN3. But, Matt, we have that redshirt junior Kevin Marfo on the program today, and the reason that I shout out that number, 14 rebounds that he had last weekend, that sounds like a ton. He's currently second in the nation in rebounds per game, but that 14 number is a little bit low for what he's shooting for. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who told us that rebounding is his second nature. This is something that's like breathing for the the normal non-athletic person. Like rebounding for him is a way of life and he wants to get 20 a game like all the time. Yeah. He wants to average 20, lead the country because this is his bread and butter, rebounding, and this is his way of life. So I can't wait for the audience to hear more about it. He has a fantastic story. He He's one of the most interesting and funny guys that we've had the chance to sit down and interview. So I don't know why we're waiting so long. Let's talk to Kevin Marfo. <laughs> All right, uh, and we're back. Uh, it's episode number 45 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Joined today by Kevin Marfo, redshirt junior forward on the basketball team. Kevin, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. I'm happy to be here with you guys. You know, I appreciate this. Yeah, have you? It's the the big second semester debut episode for us, so so we're honored to have you here. Somebody who's uh, who's at the top of the nation right now in terms of rebound per game. We'll we'll get there. Uh, we, we have a, a lot more that we want to break down with you. But one of the things that that we heard right before you came in is you were, you were having a conversation about uh, about Joe Judge with the New York Giants. Uh, Nick Solari, our our fine SID with this men's basketball team, told us that. You, you have some you have some impressive takes, some hotter takes when it comes to sports. So I, I gotta know what you think about about Joe Judge coming in and taking over the Giants. Uh, it's definitely interesting, but like football is one of those subjects where I'm not actually not that highly educated on. To be honest, you know, I haven't played or watched football seriously in since I was like in middle school. And okay, it's like eighth yeah. grade, yeah. But I'm from New York, New Jersey, so I have to claim like the Giants, you know. Yeah. But, why not? But yeah. I, I can't. I can't tell you my opinion. Yeah, okay. It won't be. Fair. You know, to, but if it was something else, you know, what I'm saying basketball, obviously. Then yeah. LeBron. You know, I, I'll, yeah. I'll give you. A, you know, I'm, hey. the, I'm the LeBron guy too. Like okay. anytime someone's like, oh well, Michael Jordan's better. Well, I'm like, well, you now have better trainers, better diets. Yeah. You have better people giving recovery. Like it, it's just evolution, and, and and things have evolved, and I think so have players. Yeah. So hence, I think LeBron would, one on one, I think it'd be a wrap. Um, I think it's all about appreciation for uh, each player, each decade, because we can't talk about ifs because obviously ifs don't, they're not real. But I do believe that LeBron is the best player in the league. 
and, and probably is the best player to ever play the game because of just what he has done throughout his whole career. For a guy to come out from Akron, Ohio at 16 years old to be seen as the the chosen, the chosen he one. He has the tattoo. has a tattoo. There's not a lot of guys in basketball in general that were a history out the game besides probably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who's able to have that, you know what I'm saying, legacy and still sustain it for this long. So for that, that like attests to his, obviously his work ethic, his mentality and everything like that. Right. But what he has done for the game has been truly impactful. But what Jordan has done for the game is truly impactful too. So we just, we just, I, I'm a guy who just embraces it, watches it, loves it. But LeBron's my guy, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I love LeBron. But I, I, if I was around that time with Jordan, I'd probably say Jordan's my guy, you know. But yeah. I, I love both of them. It's tough to measure, like, between the decades. Yeah. You've got a completely different style of play. You, you know, you, you got guys around them that maybe different levels. I mean, I know, you know, at one point LeBron was leading Cleveland teams that had nobody around him leading them yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, the, there's a lot of different factors that you got to bring into it. Yeah, definitely. And, like, no one realized how much of a freak of nature LeBron is. <laughs> You know, like, have you ever gone to like a live game and seen him? No, I never have. Yep. It's completely different than television. Really? That's a, that's a lot of lot of athletes, a lot of basketball athletes, and I, that's why I was make the I was talking to Coach B this about like football athletes versus basketball athletes. I was like, who's the most athletic? And there's obviously some football athletes that are like, oh my god, these guys are like freaks. But some of these basketball athletes are insane. I went to a Celtics Cleveland game. And I saw him. I, I like I, obviously pregame shoot around. Yeah. You can go more towards the court. Yeah, of course. You're, you Before fills be, in and everything. Right. You don't yeah. have to be in your seat yet. I was shocked at how much muscle was on one human being. Yeah. It didn't make sense. The dude, he's a six ten, six eleven. People say he's like six. He's like six ten. Yeah. Reaches six eleven. You know what I'm saying? And he, if he really like in his heyday, probably now, like he runs around a four five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, like, that I, I insane, that's insane. Yeah. Like, Jordan was 6'6", six, six, obviously, 7 foot one wings, and he was a freak athlete. But LeBron is, like, his stature, his intellect, obviously, the way his body is, like, it's it's literally insane. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's what, hey, man, that's what, I, like, people talk about aliens and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, LeBron is not from this world. Yes, it's, yeah. it's not from He's this world. Not. The know? gates in Area 51 open, and LeBron Yeah, just LeBron came walked out. out. You know, that's, I, guess what? If Jupiter has a, a colony of 60 LeBrons, we're screwed. Yeah. We're screwed. We're screwed. Yeah. We're screwed. He's, yeah. he's one of those guys that people ask, like, if, if, if you had to send one representative from the human race to meet the aliens, who would it's, you send? It's like, LeBron. It would be LeBron. It's LeBron. LeBron's near the it's top. LeBron. The, the other argument I've heard is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but, like, LeBron. No, no, no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Hey man, Dwayne Rock Josh is a is a legend in his own. You of know course. what I'm saying? Yeah. I was actually watching a Warren Sapp interview like a while ago. I don't know if you guys are. He was talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, yeah. How like oh, yeah. they had like he was like uh, the guy was like asking like uh, Warren, did you ever play with the Rock like at Miami? He said no, never, never at once. He's like, did he ever get touched? He's like, he's like Warren Sapp was like, I don't even remember him playing. So I was like, <laughs> wow. that was wow. like interesting. Obviously, I think yeah, him yeah. and Warren Sapp probably have some, you know, what I'm saying tensions between each other because yeah. the way Warren Sapp was describing like he doesn't even like the guy, but. Yeah. Like LeBron could play football. LeBron yeah, could play, easy. and like he could excel. Like I, I'm, and that's the thing that like really like baffles me a little bit. It's just like this guy is a freak of nature. His intellect is amazing. His heart, he has a great heart. Obviously, thinks he does off the court, and like he never gets in trouble. Never gets in trouble. Man. Yeah. And he's humble. You know what I'm saying? He like and like obviously no one's. He's not completely perfect. Obviously, but like. In terms, of, like, what human, what regular person is completely perfect, you know? Like, and this yeah. this guy holds. It just happens on a much larger scale. Much larger right. scale. And, like, obviously Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Jordan wasn't a perfect person. But people embrace him for his flaws. Like, 
people embraced that he was a bad teammate. People were like, yeah, he was a he's a tough player. He was a, like he was a bad teammate. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. hard to play with. Like LeBron, I would, from what I've watched and stuff, like he obviously he forces. He tells you, you he wants a lot of you because he sees the potential. And he wants to win. But from what I've seen with guys who play LeBron, they have gotten better, and they have all like talked highly of like how he like pushed them to be better. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I always like, I'm like, how could someone hate someone like that? You know? Yeah, it, he. There's a couple instances I think where people people will zone in, like the the decision having the entire thing on e, on ESPN for one decision. Where you know how much money people, he raised for that? No, I know, but <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm it's like he raised money it, for it. It was a charity. It was a charity, and hey, he's mad I'm about on your that. side for this. That's I'm crazy. People That's crazy. people will point at that and go, well, why is he putting it all about himself? Why does he need one? That's there his are a couple. Life. That's I know. Life. Like people get get mad at Mother Teresa, like oh she's a saint, like oh like 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 she's like saving kids, like well, like they get find something bad to say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the dude's raising money for a charity, like he's a prolific player person. Like obviously a decision like this is like it's magnitude. You people want to see it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to know where LeBron's going. So why not? He does a you know what I'm saying? A great thing of making it as a charity thing. Puts on live television, like. How many things have you seen of live television of guys doing the same stupid stuff for their own benefit? You know, like, yeah. and it's not like the dude was, like, bashing anybody. Like, the dude made a decision for himself and his family. Why are we Why are we getting mad about that? Yeah. People make decisions for themselves and their family all the time, and we say nothing. We could we could be here for hours. You yes, know we saying? could, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know. I, yeah, I, I'm Because, I'm, obviously, Tom Brady and LeBron are the same platform. I really want to know what happens with Tom Brady at the end of the year when he decides to leave. Like, yeah. are people going to bash him? Like, oh, Tom, what are you doing? Like, you're a patriot for life. Like, what are you doing? Like, I... I'm 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 interested in seeing that because they're obviously yeah. on the same level in terms of basketball and football and he listen. he may get similar heat that LeBron probably got from the people of Ohio. Yeah. But you know people love Brady. But I'm a Pats guy and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad at him. You wouldn't be mad at him. Wow. Because I understand <laughs> you have won 6 Super Bowls with the same guy next to you. Okay. Uh, there's definitely some curiosity in your brain where it's like can I win without this guy? Let me try it. And this is the time to try it. You're at the very end. You have given New England your entire heart. It's almost like if you love somebody, let them go. So you wouldn't be you wouldn't be mad with the whole chasing the money argument. This we can break this down. We have a lot more opportunities to yeah, talk right, about. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. We have Sorry. some Quinnipiac stuff to talk about. Uh, born in Brooklyn, from uh, Bergenfield, New Jersey. Uh, but played a place. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm actually born in the Bronx. This is like the biggest confusion. Really? I'm not born in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was born in the Bronx. Yeah. Wow. Montefiore oh. Hospital. Yeah, Tracy Towers. That's where I was born. And obviously, I moved to uh, Bergenfield, New Jersey. But so yeah, Bronx, in, New York. Bronx, New York. Yeah, that's the biggest confusion. I'm not from Brooklyn. Please. Okay. I don't, I don't wow. want to claim Brooklyn. Right. I'm. Bobcats.com. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, yep. from, I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. Well, Bobcats.com. If yeah. you see Kevin's bio, yeah. he is from the Bronx. <laughs> well, that's and I was raised in New Jersey because obviously people was like, "Are oh, you from the Bronx?" Like, are you saying you were raised? no? I was raised in New Jersey. I was born in the Bronx. Grew up there for a little bit time. A little bit of time, like until I was like eight years old, and yeah. then I moved to New Jersey. So which Bergen county? Bergen County. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but played uh, AAU ball in Boston. Uh, later on. So obviously I played. So, t- take us through like the yeah, like the younger ahead. career. Yeah, I want to hear the oh yeah, it, it was my my young basketball career was very interesting, very funny. So I I started off at Burton Catholic for high school, went there for three years, um, in Oradell, New Jersey. You know, football powerhouse. You know, what I'm saying a lot of guys. Brian Cushion went there. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. But um, so my junior year, I decided to play for my real AU was like when I played for the city. In New York, you know, that changed my whole life. You know, it was a great opportunity. I played with Donovan Mitchell, who's on the Utah Jazz right now. Yep. You know, uh, um, 
And like that was that was probably the greatest time of basketball for me because I started to really be uh, exposed to high level talent, you know, because in Jersey, like there's good players, but I wasn't playing AAU at that age. I was just playing high school basketball and like regular like normal AAU that travels around Jersey. Nothing, nothing really extensive as playing on like a circuit. Right. But um, yeah, so I went there, played for the city. Then uh, Donovan, I met Donovan Mitchell. I met the whole city grant, uh, city uh, program. And um, from there on, that's why I went to prep school and from Mass because Donovan helped me out to get to Worcester Academy and Worcester Mass. And then uh, after that year in Worcester, my, because uh, I, I registered, I'm not registered, I re, uh, redid my junior year. Okay. So that following year, after my junior year, I went to go play for BABC in Boston, yeah. So that's so. Okay. So was it? I don't know. Maybe in like seventh grade, where it was like, okay, Kevin's Kevin's getting big. Like Kevin can play basketball. Like Kevin is above no, six feet. No, 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 no. When did you get that like <coughs> spurt of getting taller, or like knowing that I could play basketball? A baller. Uh, like both, even like because I feel like I didn't play. So when I was at Burn, I never played. I never played. I didn't. So I like when I I never really played a lot in my life. You know, I was always like. The goofy kid who like didn't really was uncoordinated. <laughs> so like, not a lot of coaches took time with me to like develop me and like really. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. still the six footer plus that you were now. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of six footers that are goofy. Like, yo, this guy is just like, you know, what I'm saying, what is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. But like, I played a lot. You know, what I'm I was play out like, play court back at home, or I try to use the ride. Like all childs in like ride bikes places. Yeah. yeah. But when I I I really started to see that I could play was when I played my. When I, my junior year, like when I went to in, New, in New York, yeah, New York, like that. I came off not even playing much of my high school season. I didn't play. I didn't play at all, you know. So like, I played on the freshman team. Like, came off the bench. I like got kicked off the team, you know. Like I was, and then I had to like try again for JV. Made JV play a little bit on the JV team, but like varsity, my junior year at Burn Catholic, I never played, never, wow. never got in the game. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what? What's the I guess the not the difference in in, in talent level because obviously it's huge, but I mean, what's the the difference on the court you're playing in high school and then you're going on these circuit teams? I mean, what are what are some of the differences you're seeing? Uh, competitive, like competitiveism and like just talent, like like these guys. When I started to realize, like when I went to go play for the city, like I started to realize, like wow, these guys are just different, you know, like yeah. and. I didn't know who I was at that point. I was just like out there. Like I had great coaches for that program who like enabled me to like find myself. So they took the time with me. So, so like, this is where coaches were finally invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah in definitely, Kevin definitely, and, and you. Definitely, definitely. And I had a great environment in terms of players who were like pushing me. You know, like Dom was a pot. Like, like he's one of the greatest people I know in terms of this basketball world. You know, I, I always talk highly of him because he's a great guy. And um, you guys can see like you see the stuff he does with Utah and stuff like that, yeah. but. <clears throat> like that from when I went to UA circuit, um, the Under Armour circuit, I started to see like a lot of different dudes. Terrence Ferguson, I, I played against him. I remember one play this dude took off from the free throw line. I'm in the middle of the paint, and I'm like, do I even contest? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, dude was soaring, <laughs> and like everyone's not gonna set a charge. You're <laughs> not gonna, yeah, it's like it was like it didn't really make sense to me. I'm like, yeah. wait, and like and like that was normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you get to, like, you see Derrick Jones. Like, you see him on the heat. Like, like, like these guys are, like, freak athletes, like, competitive. And, like, their, their acceleration and hand-eye is yeah, much greater than, what, like, what you've seen. What I've seen. Just, and it's, like, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and it's, like, you see all those guys, and you're, like, damn, basketball is, like, way bigger. You know? And then, like, you have some success, and you, like, because that year, like, 
one thing I can always do, like what's I'm doing around, is rebounding. So like I was still one of the best rebounds in the UA circuit when I started playing, like leading the like re, like UA and rebound. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just literally just out here just playing hard because like that's all I knew at that moment. Right. And, and honestly, maybe that was better for you. Yeah. There, there was less pressure. You were just playing ball. Yeah. And not really worried about. Yeah, outside a, noise. Outside noise. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely a breath of fresh air. I, I. I always thank him for that opportunity. But like, yeah, I was just rebound. So like, I started like, damn, I have a niche. Like, I didn't like because people are telling me. So I got. I started. So I was like, I went from not playing to getting all these college off like offers and like recruiting and stuff like that. I'm like, this is weird. Like, I like I didn't expect any of this. You know, mm -hmm. it was just like me out here. And then like you said, you find your niche because you do against the best players in, like, right. in the country. And I started to realize, like, yeah, that's what I could do. Yeah. And that's kind of what started my whole idea. Like, this is what I'm going to try to master. And, like, it took me a long way. It's still taking me a long way, you know. So so let's talk about that first uh, – the first commitment process because yeah. uh, according to the same GoBobcats.com, uh, ranked the number three prospect in Massachusetts after your time uh, playing the circuits and playing with hey, – Is uh, that good? <laughs> in New England, yeah. We got <laughs> – I hope so. Three, you know, yeah. <laughs> I hope so, you know. So the, the, the first commitment, at least from what it looked like, the, the final five schools, uh, DePaul, Providence, Boston College, URI, and George Washington. Yeah. The final five list. So, uh, so, so take, five. take yeah, us through was, take us through that, that decision-making process, and then at the end of the day, why GW was the spot for you originally? Um, it was such a wild experience because everything happened so quick, you know, and like, like so, I transferred from from Burton Catholic to Worcester Academy after my so I redid my junior year. So that so it was like from my junior year all the way to my uh, like post grad year, if you look at it, you know. So that's like about like two years right. of like I'm actually a good basketball player now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's that's like that's, that's zero to one hundred. Zero to the, the, the you know yeah. like so like and I'm like wait these coaches like I got like. Top level coaches, I'm like watching on TV, you know, like Jamie Dixon flew in to see me. I was like, this is crazy to me. I'm like, this is not normal. Like, <laughs> I'm going to these visits and like, they're like, yeah, we want you. And I'm like, Are, like for what? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like to, it's, be, to be a student or to, to play? be a student? Like, yeah, because like, like a kid like me, like, I didn't expect none of that, you know. I, yeah, you know, so it was a, uh, it was definitely a wild experience. Uh, a very, I'm very grateful for it though because it's like, it was like I could see like the work I put in actually mean something, you know, and it was like, it was great to see. And like that recruiting process was very stressful because it was just so different. I was not ready for it. I wasn't geared for it. And did your family kind of guide you in a, in, a, in a right direction? Yeah. You're young. You're yeah. A young it, kid. I had a lot of good people around me, you know, uh, like my high school coaches at Worcester, my AU coaches, like my mom, you know what I'm saying? They all gave me their input, you know, but like, it's still, it was still my decision. Absolutely. And I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was as educated on the process as I should be. Okay. Because I didn't expect it. So it wasn't like I was in eighth grade looking at this guy like, yo, how's like recruiting? Like I wasn't, I didn't know what any of this world was, yeah. you know? So like. You didn't have as much time to just prep for what the ride was Exactly, like. exactly. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't playing big time AU. I wasn't playing the big time high school where I seen these coaches coming on an everyday basis and stuff like that. So I didn't, so it was just like, I was just like, I just need to find a place where I could just play. Cause my biggest fear was I just wanted to play. Right. I just okay. wanted to play because I didn't play a lot in high school. And I just wanted to play for a coach and a great environment, you know what I'm saying, be around some great guys. And all those schools offered that for me. 
You know, and it's like, how did I decide that? You know, because I had other schools I was looking at, and I was like, they all have great environment, great culture, great history. Providence, great culture, yeah, yeah, great basketball Cooley, great culture. guy, you know what I'm saying? Great guy, you know, but it was just trying to find find what I wanted. And, like, at that young age, people understand, like, recruits, like, everyone thinks, like, yeah, I want this, I want that, I want this. Like, basketball, like, even college basketball, like, you're not going to find the perfect place. You're not going to find a place where, like, yeah, they have everything I need to be successful. Like, you sometimes, especially, and that's what I learned from transfers, like, sometimes you have to find – Things like they have two or three, two or the five things that you need, but those two five, two other five things are the most important things, you know. So, I I didn't really understand that personally, so I just kind of just like went. But like GW was a beautiful place. I wanted to go to DC. I thought the city atmosphere was amazing. It still is, you know. Like it was a great culture. They came off winning the NIT. You know, they had great players, and I was like, I, I would love to be a part of that. And I'm I, I didn't see myself playing like high major. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't – my mentality wasn't like, oh, like, you're a high you – know, I was just like, I just wanted – anywhere I could just play. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going high major, you may not get that same opportunity yeah. to play right away and grow yeah, in the program yeah, and stuff like definitely, that. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. So that fear aspect is no, – like, for me, was, like, there because I'm like, I, I don't know. like And, like, that's the same, like, trusting yourself. Like, oh, you can play. And, like, I didn't know my – you know what I'm saying, what I can really do. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't tr- – Choose that route, and I and even though that program was great, Coach Lonigan, like when I was there, he set up for it to be one of those high major programs, you know. And I I saw the the path was taken. We had like a great recruiting class, so I was like excited, you know. And, uh, Good. Yeah. So I I want to know how you got to Quinnipiac now. Yeah. I know you transferred. And what was the selling point here? Because you see such good schools and such good basketball culture like Providence. Did you also see it here at Quinnipiac? I, so like obviously I came in with Coach Dunleavy's like so we were he was he didn't really install a coach because we came in at the same time there was, right. you know what I'm saying there was no culture there but I just kind of from what I've heard from him about other what people were saying to me about him I kind of just trusted the idea you know and after that GW experience I wanted I really wanted a place <clears throat> like to find a place where I could just play yes. you know what I'm saying I could get better and develop Being the starting and, five and, and not yet, like, yeah but like even more of a place to just get better develop like okay. have a, a good environment where i can enjoy playing basketball because that's why i was felt like i was lacking for a lot of times in my life you know a lot of experiences in my life i wasn't really i was playing but i wasn't really enjoying it you know so i really wanted to go to a place where i could be a part of a family enjoy it and that was one of the main things he pitched to me you know, to get better you know like develop and then like obviously when i got here the guys here were amazing, you know, like I, I, like Al, Chase, you know, Ace, Drew, Cam, like these are older guys, like these guys were like my big brothers, like it, Trav, like the amount of love I got when I first reached this campus from those guys was like amazing, yeah, it yeah. was huge, it was huge because they and I never played with a bunch of guys since like obviously like, like, like the city was similar to that, you know, say BBC, but like those guys like were like, it was love. From as soon as I stepped on campus, and I could feel it, and so like that was like, wow, this is this is I never experienced that before. It was kind of a weird feeling, personally. So uh, taking a redshirt that first year, seventeen, eighteen, which feels like about yeah decades yeah, ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What what was that first year like for you being in this program, not necessarily being on the court, but still being able to to be around the guys? You know, what were you able to kind of take out and learn from that one? From those guys, it was just like it was, that year was mostly about just like re like claiming who I was as a player. Because obviously, you go to a place, you don't play this and that. You lose a lot of confidence. You lose a lot of confidence, especially a kid, a kid like me. I wasn't truly a confident kid when it came to basketball because everything was right. like everything was, was new. Everything was so new, you know. So like I was still trying to figure myself out, and 
that just like kind of destroyed me for a little bit. So this place was just that rest of the year was just kind of reclaim my confidence, my body, my mind, and like that was pretty much the whole journey. You know, like I was with Coach B the whole year. We worked super hard. You know, like I was with him the whole year, and I, obviously working out with the guys on the team. Like it was, it was just to like kind of reclaim who I was, and like to like even evolve from who I was before. You know, that was the mindset. So looking now, uh, year three back at at year one, and then and then uh, the time at GW, where are some of the areas that you think that you've seen that personal growth? Um, just my mentality. Um. I'm more like able to stay in the moment. And that was one of my biggest problems. I'll get cuz like the fear. I used to like I used to play basketball with a lot of fear, which is not great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like it takes away your love. So you're playing with like so I'm like and that's what kind of helped me play so hard at times because I was so scared of not playing. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up with like the fear of like I got to just go balls out, you know what I'm saying, just go crazy, yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. hard, and, like, that's when, like, rebounding became, because I was, like, rebound is, like, an effort stat, you know, it's, like, anyone can get 10 rebounds if they play hard, but, like, that's hard, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> so, like, rebound, like, those effort things started to become a normal thing to me that I didn't see as hard, I just see, like, yo, this is what I have to do to survive, so, um, now it's still the same way, but it's just, like, kind of, like, going, being, evolving from that, you know, and, like, wanting more and like those like my first year and my second year I was kind of um I wasn't reactive you know what I'm saying I was very like wait letting things come to me this and that like now I'm more like aggressive towards like I want I gotta go do these things you know what I'm saying I gotta make sure I'm prepared for my body my mind like I gotta make sure like when a game time comes like this game I have to go get 15 plus rebounds I have to go do these things you know what I'm saying I gotta make sure I'm perfect with my assignment you know and like not allow myself to make those mistakes and those are and that's very hard you know like and like that's kind of how I tried to evolve I'm not saying I'm perfect at it no, of course. You know, but like that's kind of mentality. And it, it, it's crazy to me to be to be a forward, to be a big man in basketball. There are so many extra little things that I feel like people take for granted. It's that the mentality, the preparation to know that you are going to battle each night. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 each, each night. Yeah. It's, possession. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's war. Possession. It's, it's war. It's war. <laughs> and it's like, and like I learned this like what really like there was one experience in my life coming up that, like, truly, like, changed me. Like, went from, like, a kid, like, from New Jersey where, like, I didn't know what I was doing to, like, yo, this is what I got to do and I got to own this. It was yeah. totally different. Right. When I went to go play for BBC, I played for a guy named Leo Papil. You know what I'm saying? Boss legend, Coach Patrick Ewing, there was a well, a bunch of great players. And, like, he was the one of the first coaches, obviously, the city, my whistle, like, they were great coaches. Like, but he was one of the first coaches to really challenge me to, like, be – like a beast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was like it was insane. Like it, like playing for him was like, and like I, I can only talk for my I can't talk for her, but playing for him felt like, like it was like survival mode. You know, it's because the way he treated us, he treated us like like men at the age of like 17, 18, and like we were all still trying to figure things out. But like he forced you to be a man at like in AU, and like AU is like. Some teams are just like they fly you out, they get you in the nicest hotel. This like us, we were just driving, and we're a Nike team. We could fly, but we were just driving, and he just he like. And I I so appreciate him. It was less of a money grab and more of a we're gonna go to war. No, but time. that's who he is. Okay, so right. he is a, a a dog, like a dog at heart. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He don't care what nobody thinks. He lives his life his own way, and he's truly he's one of the most loyal. 
people I've ever met. Yeah. He, you know what I'm saying? In my my experience with him. So like he used to like he used to challenge me in so many ways. And like I like and he embraced me. Like he embraced me for my faults. He embraced me for my like my strengths. But he never tried to this this like diminish me. Like he never tried to pull me down. Not once. You know what I'm saying? Like he expected me to be a beast. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like we like there'll be times in games, Nike YBL games, like we'd be cursing at each other. Like it was like coach like, why is he cursing? Like and it was like our way is like like a KG message, our way of getting each other going. Like like you said, it's war. You, you know how hard it is to like get rebounds over seven footers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was coming from an I tore my meniscus. Like so okay, yeah. I was playing with a torn meniscus. And I, I recovered, like, I didn't, so I, I missed half my junior, my uh, reclass junior. I was coming from a torn meniscus. And I only, I only, uh, I tore it, like, four weeks before our first Nike YBL session in Virginia. And it's like, yo, like, I lost all my athleticism. I, I couldn't jump. I couldn't dunk. Yeah. And, like, he got me in the mentality. Like, he didn't even care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even, like, and, like, it was, like, a, a junkyard dog mentality. And, like, that's all those guys that, like, play from Alex Horiaki, Bonzi Colson, like, Georges and Yang. Like, yeah. that was the, that was those type of guys, you know? So, I also have a question. Re, like, for rebounding, do you have a certain strategy? Like, do you, do, you, do you, is there a certain body position you feel like you need to get into in order to execute a solid rebound? Or do you feel like... You have to go body a guy up and just beat him straight up. Or I, I want to know. Um, the, I want to know the strategy. Is it body position? Is it where the shot is coming from that that you need to read that shot and get to a certain spot yeah. to get a rebound? I feel like there's a science. Yeah. When you uh, let me ask you. So when you when you um when you're at home, right? How yeah. long have you been living in your house for? Like in, uh, like back home when you grew up. Oh, my whole life, twenty years. So you wake up, you could close your eyes, and you could walk to the bathroom, right? Yeah, probably with my eyes. You know closed. what I'm saying, yeah. like. This is something I've been doing my whole life. There's really no science to it. It's just a <laughs> it's just, second. It's just like it's the instincts. Everything. Okay. And that's like basketball. People like try to make it so like, yo, you got to do like this. You got to like any great basketball player. Like obviously there's work. There's like thought process, this and that. But everything is instinctual. It's like what you've been doing your whole life is who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, yo, Steph Curry's a great shooter. I got to shoot like Steph. You would never shoot like Steph Curry because Steph Curry been shooting like that from half court his whole life. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like LeBron James been going down lane dunking on people his whole life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like things like that. You build that instinct. It's like driving a car. Like it's like I like it's like why when you drive a car, like do you turn right here? Do you like hold? It's like no. This is like I just react. So it's breathing. Yeah. It's you breathing. Don't even think about breathing. You know what I'm saying? It's breathing. It just it, happens. And so like my mentality is like. Every game when I'm like really playing, I was like I gotta get above 10, 12. So I got it's like by any means necessary. But as you keep playing, it's weird how your body works. You you just start to find like oh this is how I did before, and your body just does it for you. Okay. You know so I know mm -hmm. how to run a certain spot because I'm like yo this ball's get fall out this way. It's just it's like I've been doing it for so long. It's like I you start your body your mind just knows where it's gonna come off and you just uh -huh. react to it. So that's how that's what I'm like. There's there's no science to like it's just like literally it's effort. Yeah, that answers my question. Yeah, if it's second nature, that, yeah. then that's that's how it goes. Well, well, the second nature has been kicking in like a sixth sense this year. Thirteen point eight rebounds per game, second in the nation, the entire nation, the country. In, 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 yes, uh, in rebounds per game. I mean, what has been what's been clicking for you? What's been working so well this year? For rebound? Yeah, um, just, and just in your game in total. Second on the team with just under 10 points a game. I mean, it's been a heck of a season personally. What's been working well? Um, I took a lot of – I took good care of my body this summer to get myself in the best shape because last year I wasn't in the greatest shape and I wasn't in the greatest mental state to know, you know what I'm saying, because I, I, I – 
I didn't truly set goals like this. You know, I set a goal to rebound high level, but I didn't truly like. I told myself I wanted to lead the country and rebound. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm gonna do this. You know, but you told yourself that. I told myself that. You know, uh, and like it was like people call it like manifesting all that type of stuff. Like I, it's like, like I said, when you know something is instinctual, like it, it, like it's not a shocker to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't say like I was shocked to know I was. Averaging 32.8. I think I should be averaging 15, 16 rebounds. It's about a bunch of rebounds. I tell Nick all the time that just falls through my hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a bunch, it's a bunch of rebounds that, like, I miss, I like. should have had. I should have had. Yeah. So I should have 16 rebounds a game. You know, you know, like, I, it's, you know, like, it's no reason why I shouldn't have those rebounds. It's like, it's just, I, I wasn't as disciplined that day, disciplined myself to go get those. You know, and, I, okay. and that's where I'm like. Like that's the goal now, you know. It's like like I got twelve. Like that's not. I'm not happy with that. I want to get 15. fourteen, fifteen. Not, yeah. Screw the fourteen. Like I want to get. <laughs> yeah, I want to get twenty. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to get twenty rebounds. And like if I don't get it, you know, or close to that, I'm like, damn. Like what are you like? You're not locked in. You know, <laughs> like you're not locked in. But like that's not like, like like this is something I've been doing my whole life. You know, it's like. That's what I know. I, that's my niche. So I take very, I take a yeah, lot. Yeah, and of you're like, you're not being hard on yourself. That's just how it's been. Your, your how it's been. Life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I play against some animals, and I, and like in the UIBL, like, and I got like 20 rebounds over them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm in the MAC. I should get. You know what I'm saying? The goal is to like, you know what I'm saying? To get those type of rebounds on an everyday basis. You know why not? You know, yeah. you know you can. You've seen it before. Yeah. No reason why you can't. No yeah. reason why I can't. You yeah. know, it's literally like. It's like putting your pants on. Why can't I put my pants on? I see myself <laughs> putting pants on every day. Why can't yeah, I put? Well, I, can't put yeah. I know I can. Yeah. <laughs> why am I not yeah. doing this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like I know where my bathroom is. I know where my bathroom. Why can't I find why it? Why can't I not find it? I keep <laughs> running into the freaking wall. Like I, 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 just, like, I don't understand it. I'm all locked in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get a good night's sleep. You know, like, but like, mm. what, 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 what's going on? You know, but um, <laughs> I think like after last year, I was very disappointed with myself because I knew. I could have. I was a better player than what I was showing, and my body wasn't at where it needed to be. You know, and I, this summer I took huge care of my body in terms of working with Coach B and our staff to make sure I was at the best condition I can, and the best mental condition I can. You know, say to to know this is why I got to produce on an everyday basis. And like, we have, you understand, like we have such great guys here in the locker room, man. Like workers, man. Like workers, man. Like and like people understand that, like. A guy I've always noticed, like, and tip my cap to, Rich Kelly. He a I mean, worker. Rich Kelly is a worker. He yeah. a worker. He you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he plays with the type of mentality. Like, he thinks he's the best player on the court. Yeah. He has to. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a I excuse me, he's a, a five ten six foot white guy. You know what I'm saying? No one expects that guy to come out here and hoop like that. But he but works. He yeah. works. He works, and he works with conviction. You know what I'm saying? Like Jacob Ragone, he works with conviction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Eric Fonzo, who's about to have a, a great shooting streak. No one sees it coming, but works with conviction. You know what I'm saying? That goes down the line to Tyree, Tyrese, Nate, you know what I'm saying? Seth, like, it, and that's like, it, and it's becoming a, a norm. And, like, that's one of the things that, like, is a part of our culture right now with Coach Nunley is we got a lot, a lot of workers, a lot of workers. And it's like, it, and, and, like, that's kind of like the mentality. So, like, we all see each other putting this work in. It becomes, it becomes, like, like everyone wants to do it now, you know, yeah. and then like that becomes the the idea. Like this is what you gotta do for success, and that's yeah. how we all going about it. You know? So looking at looking at this 2019-20 season, both for you and for the team, what are some of the goals? What are some of the things that you guys are, are striving to try to accomplish this year? Obviously, every team wants to win the MAC championship, right? But that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like that's well, hard. we were saying before the mics came on. 
any team is going to win on any given any night. Team. Like, it, it, it's just who's going to work harder. That's who wins the games. In yeah, the that's what we was obviously like. One of the things we were saying, like, like this is a league where you don't have to be skilled to win games. Like, if you look at like a ten, like big, like big five, power five conferences, usually the most talent. And skilled teams win games. You know what I'm saying? Unless I you, mean, for, like Zion for Duke. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. hand the guy that hand the ball. Hand the guy that ball. He's gonna win you he'll, games. he'll win you games. You know what I'm saying? But here is like you got a bunch of dogs on a lot of teams who just compete. You know, so they play super hard. And this the Mac had a lot of well coaching. You know what I'm saying? Teams that like these guys all want the same goal, and they all gotta push their team to get that. You know, so. I think like the Mac, they, it's just a, it's like it's no easy night here, and I like I didn't expect that. I was like, oh, this Mac, it should be easy. No, nah, this is hard. This is hard. You got guys who compete, some really great basketball players who know how to play, great coaches with great game plan, and they get attacked you every night. They get attacked you every night. So, our goal personally is just obviously to win the Mac, but like we just gotta take it one game at a time and just try to like let's let's just win tomorrow, man. You know what I'm saying? And then let's try to win on Sunday. You know, and then. We wait till next week, prepare, and then we win that game. And, like, hopefully we keep thinking like that. We're in the MAC chip. We're like, what the? <laughs> How did we get here? We just take it one game at a time. And it's like – but it's hard with our society right now. You got technology, net, uh, Twitter, and all that stuff. People get to see, oh, we're, we won two games in a row. They're tweeting about us. This and that. And this get going. I'm, I'm guilty. Hey, I man, definitely did You're doing your job. You're doing your job. You're doing your job. That's fair. I can't get mad at you. I am guilty. I think it was, uh, oh, what, it, what was everyone watching? It was like everyone was watching like NFL playoffs on a Sunday. Yeah. And I like tweeted out. I was like, I know we're all watching football, but men's basketball has got something cooking. Oh, yeah. I, but yeah, yeah. It, it's just, Hey, time for first in the map. We stick a microphone <laughs> in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like that's the, like, I think like one of the things like last, I think a couple years ago, like Ryder was like on an eight game winning streak. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God. Like, but they didn't end up losing the first round. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't. Yeah. You know, like Iona was like in a 10 game winning streak. You know what I'm saying? End up winning it. You know, so yeah. it's like, it's like, do you want to be the team that like heats up at the right time? I don't want it. I don't want us to be like that. Heat up at the right time. It don't, it, it, it's like it, we're leaving it up to, we're not leaving it up to us. We're leaving it up to like, yeah, we just might, it's yeah. like luck. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be lucky with yes. this. I yeah. want to be like, yeah, we work for it. We, we did what we had to do every single time we played, and then this was our results. And that's how – because, you know what I'm saying, like, I think that's how you know you truly, like, appreciate it because we put in all of it. Not just, like, oh, we just – we're just making shots at the end of the year. Like, obviously, it's going to feel good to win the chip. We were making shots at the end of the year. We win it. But, like, to know that, like, we were consistent. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. I'd rather go down knowing I was consistent the whole year and lose a chip then be like, ah, right, we got hot. Right, I can't say that because it would be great to win the whole thing and go to the NCAA tournament. That <laughs> no, but you, you want to you stay consistent. You want to look and say we developed day after day after exactly. day and, and worked our way into this Worked one. our way yeah. into it. Yeah. You, know, it, it. you get the most out of it that way. Like, it means the most to you and that's, that way. And that's what, and right there, that, that instables, like, that creates culture. You know what I'm saying? Consistency because it's like, they didn't win, but they went. They were like they were competing. They won games on like, like our our women's team. It's yeah. a culture. Like you, you win that many games in a row, and you end up winning the conference undefeated. It becomes the new norm. And then they're and like, we don't. They don't like they don't expect to lose. Like last year, like right. these girls didn't expect to lose non-conference. Right. They expect so it's like it wouldn't say is a a lack of fear. They didn't have no fear, and obviously it made yeah. it comfortable to win. You know, but, like, that's what was it, you know, for them. And that's why, you know what I'm saying, congratulations to them because that's the culture that they created. Yeah. And it's still coming to, coming to life this year, you know, yeah. with those girls. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I quickly want to move away from the court. Uh, I did some digging. 
uh, from a, a video from your your first year at George Washington. Um, and whoever was, whoever yeah. was doing that, do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. yeah. Who, whoever was doing the interview asked you one of the uh, something that you like to do away from the court, and your answer was poetry. Yo, like I said, I was into a lot of different things in prep school. Prep school allowed me to really open my mind, man. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Worcester County, it was one of the greatest, it is the greatest time of my life in terms of growing as a man, you know, and I, I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about other people. And yeah, I, I wrote poetry, you know what I'm saying? Hey. I, I had a lot of free time. I was a seven day. I wasn't going home. I wasn't hanging out with my friends. I was <laughs> nice. in the dorms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My friends, you know, like the other postgrads who were either struggling or thriving, you know? So we were, I wrote poetry, you know, it was a, it was a great place, man. Like, it was a great place. What type of style? Like, I know there's haikus, and then there's, like, uh, slam, and then there's... I remember I, remember I wrote a... I read, slam? I, slam it's poetry. Like, it's, uh, I'm not lying. Yeah, I, I remember I wrote one poem. That I, I, I forgot it, but, like, it was pretty good. I think they put it in, like, somewhere in the school, which I was, like, it was, like, great to see, you know, say something non-basketball, you know, like... Were you rhyming at the end of every line? No, uh, I wouldn't say I was... Somewhat, you know. Okay, yeah, it was more yeah. like a free flow poem. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was very, it was very meaningful. And it was like something I was like, Yo, but like that's the thing. I was the environment I was around. We had a lot of great teachers, great faculty that forced, not force you, but embrace you to be more. You yeah. know what I'm saying? To inspire, to see things differently, to inspire you to just have an open mind. So that's why I lo like that place was, that place was very special to me personally. Yeah. What are uh, now now being away from that? What are the things? Uh, some of the things you like to do off the court? There's not a lot of things to do out of the court in Hampton, Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? Besides, like going out to like New Haven. Well, we'll ask you about that later too. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> but like we, it was, my social life here is, is like it's it's pretty simple. You know, I don't. I'm usually with the guys on the team. We all live with each other. You know what I'm saying? We either play Madden. Me and Jake are probably playing Madden and go at it. You know, like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what we do, especially on winter breaks. That's our. That's how we, you know what I'm saying, keep the competitive fire going. We play Madden the whole time, you know, and we compete. You know, and like, and that, besides that, we either go out to go get some pizza in New Haven or I'm just chilling with my guys on the team, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, build, build the chemistry on and off. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Great dudes, man. Yeah. Great dudes. So yeah, uh, I think we want to. I want to ask the three questions because okay. what we're, we've moved off the court. We ask these three questions to all of our guests on every podcast episode. Uh, the first one is actually related to what you were just saying. If you could live anywhere in the world besides Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be and why? California is nice, but California is kind of weird because it's like it's like really high up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. weird like that. But California is nice. It'd be, there are probably some specific spots that you, that you'd be. Oh, Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, like you'd fit. Yeah, you'd fit with Los Angeles. I, don't I know wouldn't say. I, I wouldn't say I, I would fit in Los Angeles, but like it would be nice to be there for some time. I don't think I would live there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean we're we're yeah. recording this on January twenty third. So in LA the middle sounds nice. Yeah. So that, yeah, that does, yeah, sound does sound pretty nice right definitely, about now. Definitely. Yeah. But DC, man, DC is beautiful. DC is awesome. DC is beautiful outside DC, like. PG County, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's very... It's, I like, I'll live there. I'll live there. Okay. Yeah. You want to ask the second one? Yeah, sure. Um, if you could have dinner with uh, one person, alive, deceased, could be anybody, who would it be and why? Huh. I know we talked about LeBron. Yeah, I know. I, I got to go a little bit deeper than that, right? There you go. That's fair. I'm a pretty... Uh, I'm an open-minded person. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not just a basketball player. Uh, that's right. That's yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, a one message for the video podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one message we want to get. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. A lot of There's human beings under those tricks. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We have families. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have families, yo. Yes. 
Um, as much as he says basketball is how he survives, he's a human. <laughs> I'm a human. Right. I, yeah. I go to class, you know, I <laughs> yes. sleep at night. You know. There are, yeah, many other hours of the day to Brush do my things. Teeth in the morning, all the things you guys. Put That's good to know. That's good to know. Put his pants on. Oh gosh, golly, man. Uh, uh, mine was Justin Timberlake for a little while. Um, Nick Jonas is creeping up on my list. Nick Jonas. Um, Frank Sinatra was a really, really wow. um, music for me. His music is my style, kind yeah. of old soul, very smooth. Yeah, 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 I feel that. I feel that. Humble. Man, like crazy. I'll probably say like if Jesus Christ was real, I'll probably say Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? I'll be a little bit back then. I'll be a little too far. You know, this I'll, might be the, that would be the second Jesus we've had on this podcast. Second Jesus. Though. I think yeah. someone else has said Jesus Christ before like too. Something you heard? Yeah. Something you, heard? Yeah. you mean someone like recent? It, literally dead or alive. Just someone to have a dinner conversation, eat a meal with. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, man. It's I mean, you can't get much better than Jesus Christ. Exactly. You really can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really can't. Yeah, you really yeah. can't. You can get answers to pretty much anything. That's what I'm saying. I can ask him anything in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could. You know, uh, um, probably. Yeah, like, how, how'd you get out of it? Yeah. If it's how did a third you do day. it? What did you do, man? <laughs> You know, like, yeah. tell me everything. Yeah. Big, exactly. They, they wrote a lot of stories about you, man. Like, I, you're, you're big time from where I'm from. You yeah. ever read this book before? You yeah. Tell me what you think. Is it real? <laughs> is, it, is it real? I believe it. I just, yo, just be honest with me. Tell me. I'll probably say Jesus Christ. Man. All right, that's a good one. That's a good, a good one, pick. You know. And then they, uh, the last question is, you're on death row. Uh, your final meal, dinner, drink, and dessert. Oh, my gosh. This is the fun one. This is, how oh, we end. this is how we ended. This is how you end it right here? Yeah. Oh, oh that's a rough this one. This broken out into a couple fist fights. Did it. I'm going to say uh, I'm more of a – I don't really – like, I like food. I do. But, like, some food just turns me off sometimes. So I don't really have, like, a favorite meal. That's normal. You know, but I love, like – a good dessert, like like a good pie. If you say cheese, oh, good pie, good pie. If you said cheese, if you said cheesecake, that's a fight on site. Nah, <laughs> cheesecake cool. I like cheesecake. It's cool, but like <laughs> pie, yeah, pie is good. You know, but I would say like good soul food. You mm, know what I'm yeah. saying like I like soul food. Uh, like really good Chinese food, like oh. top of the notch. Like yes, you know what I'm saying not the ones in New York. You know what I'm saying like I like I want like. P.F. Chang's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Elite P.F. Chang's. Give me your best, you know what I'm saying, dishes. I want the, you know what I'm saying, the rice, the chicken. And probably, I'll, I'll probably take a nice ginger ale. You know what I'm saying? Ginger ale is a good pick. Ginger ale. It's a good pick. What kind of pie, though? Pumpkin pie. I'm a pumpkin pie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I, I was going to say, fruit. I feel like fruit desserts are kind of slept on, but going with, going with the pumpkin is a good, yeah, yeah, good pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with some ice cream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was on the What was on the plate tonight? Would you have What yeah, was what the, the team dinner tonight? tonight? It smelled incredible. It, smelled good. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. There's some more left. You guys want some? But <laughs> Hamden got a lot of weird places that are good food that like it's like in random spots. Yeah. Have you had the Eli's pizza? Like across, not the restaurant. The Eli's pizza across the street. We used to get those after a game. I've been eating those for oh about three years. Oh my god! Really good? The Monday dollar slices. They give dollar oh, slices dollar on Mondays. Slices. It's incredible. I usually get my pizza from New Haven. That's why I go with the guy. Yeah, that's fair. That's so true. You, you can't you can't beat a good. Yeah, what's best yeah? In what's the world. your so Dave Porter that made the trip through all those? What's your what's your favorite place to go? Uh, it's the best in the world, in my opinion. Sally's, I, I like Sally. There you go. Thank you. Yep, that's you know, thank you. Can it? Yep. The story, the story too. We went, we went in. 
It was like we went last year. We got a we got a bunch of pies for the yeah. house, and just the story of, of the guy that was managing it. He said he, he said you know he's a Port, uh, Puerto Rican family. I think came to the U.S., moved to the Italian neighborhood, took over Sally's. Like it was just it was cool to hear that, and then eat fantastic pizza. Yeah, 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 they have great pizza. It was a long line. Yeah. Oh, that's always long, long lines. Line, there. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for Appreciate taking the time to join us. Yeah. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Get those boards. Yeah, man. I know the choice, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Kevin Marfo for joining us this week on the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And, and I'm going to say this, and there are no plans in the future, obviously, but don't be surprised if you hear Kevin Marfo's voice on this podcast <laughs> yeah, at some point yeah. again. I wanted to be the third host. I mean, I mean, he's such a great personality. He is a person off the court, and that was so good to hear and so good to see. And, and make sure also uh, that you check out the, the video side of this interview. It's going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a bomb to watch. So we're, we're going to put it out in pieces and make sure. But make sure you watch that too because it's it's really funny to just see him interacting with us and just getting very passionate about some of the stuff that he was talking about. But thank you again to Kevin. That's going to do it for episode number 45, the first episode back here for the second semester. It's going to be a great semester. We're getting more and more into the personal personal side of these athletes so make sure you tune in each week in the meantime if you want to get uh, updates and anything else about all 21 division one programs at Quinnipiac University go online to gobobcats.com you can get rosters and stats and tickets and merch and anything you may need gobobcats.com and if you want to follow along with our basketball team on the social media platforms, it is at QU underscore MBB. And if you want to get updated on Twitter and Instagram about all 21 sports, it is at QU Athletics. So make sure to follow those accounts. Last but not least, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate us, leave a review, let us know what we're doing well, what we you want to hear more of, how who we, you want to hear. Yeah, who do you want to hear? Who do you want us to interview? And how can we get better? You can also uh, tweet both of us. You can, you can tell us directly if you really want us to hear your message. Matt, if people want to do that, how can they do that? At Emma Call of Seven, and I've had people hit me up about the Billy Mecca interview. I've had people ask um, and come up to me in the hallways and ask what went well, and I, I, I we love the feedback. And I'm at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And now for the first time on the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, we're going to end with this date in Quinnipiac Athletics. On this date in Bobcats history, we're throwing it back to January 24th, 2010, when the Bobcats men's basketball team visited Central Connecticut. The Bobcats beat up on the Blue Devils 76-45. That's a 31-point margin of victory. At the time for the Bobcats, that was the second largest margin of victory in their Division I history. In the game, Bobcats star junior Justin Ruddy made 13 field goals, just one less than the then-program record of 14 set back in 2005. And that is this day in Bobcats history. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click. (laughs) 